Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. I'm super buzzing today to be joined by Mark Swindell. Mark started an IT support company called Shield Technologies in 2002. It soon became apparent that the language and connection between most IT companies and their customers were non-existent and he wanted to change that. Along the way, being highly recommended for the customer service levels provided in an industry known for not being able to communicate with its customers. Mark's passions grew into developing the right culture to provide excellent customer service. Mark later merged the company with the newly formed Green City Solutions, providing not only IT but telecoms products and services. Green City Solutions grew quickly through acquisition to over 40 team members. Mastermind and peer groups are the way Mark learned to develop himself and his businesses, and Mark now wants to empower other business owners to use the proven lessons and tools he has learned to ensure all businesses have a solid foundation from which to grow. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was an absolutely fantastic one. So, catch you soon. So the red light's rolling. Uh, I'm absolutely buzzing to be joined today by Mark Swindale. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really, really good, mate. And yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good. So I've been waiting to have Mark on the podcast for quite a long time, and he's been playing a little bit hard to get, to be honest. So here he is now, managed to get him to to join me. And uh, I'm really excited for his half dozen things. So he sent me over an email with a half dozen things to rocket your business, including values and culture, processes and systems, growing your sales, marketing literature that sells, knowing your numbers and coaching and mentoring. Now, uh, Mark is an absolute star. He runs uh, mastermind groups in uh, in the Peterborough area um, for both accountants and business owners as well. And uh, obviously, I've introduced him a bit earlier on and uh, he's an absolute star. But Mark, tell, tell the guys a bit about your background and, and sort of where you come from. Oh, so I started doing my very first business when I think I was 21. It was an IT business. Um, I'm nowhere near that now. Um, stay well out of the IT game. <laughs> but uh, grew that to about five, six people. Uh, yeah, six people at its highest. And then um, sold or merged into a company called Green City Solutions. Um, we managed to grow that by acquisition to around 40, 40 odd, 45 people. Massive, massive company brought completely different uh, problems and stresses to, uh, to that. And then we sold that just under two years ago. Um, and I learned so much along the way on my journey, uh, realized how much I didn't know at the beginning. So kind of just really wanted to go into this area to help impart and help other people grow their businesses, really. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a fascinating story because you, you've kind of uh, you've seen it all from sort of a young startup yourself to 
uh, sort of going through like a merger process as well and then partnering with other people so you've you've you sort of exposed yourself to all the all the challenges that you yeah. could face along I'm the journey right family <laughs> say again sorry I'm working with family as well so it's uh, there you go been quite a been quite a mix that gets, that gets pretty stressful, right? Okay, cool. So um, let's get cracking straight in then. So talk to me. And I know we've had a ch- chat separately about the values and culture that you you grew at, at your business. But um, tell me a bit about values and culture, culture and allowing your team to make the same decisions you'd make. So one of the biggest things that um, I took out of running my business is that the foundations of any businesses are the team, the people that work in it, uh, whether that's one, two, or, you know, 102 people it's it's the values and the cultures that that are that work from the ground up um more often than not the values are based on the business owners uh, own personal values but there are obviously like i've said to you before there's many different ways of, of, of attaining what the values are um, i think one of the biggest problems is that we stick it on a wall and then we just assume that people will know and live by it and the simplest form for me is to have five words rather than a whole load of sentences, which people can't uh, ingrain in the business. But ultimately, if people are using your values within the business, they're able to make decisions that you and I would make. So, you know, we had a we had a situation in our uh, in the first IT business I had called Shield, and basically we had a problem where I was trying to control the quality of everything that went in, which obviously then meant that I couldn't do the work that I needed to do. So you, you're losing time straight away. Um, and then once we'd brought in the values and allowed them to embed within the business, people were able to make the decisions that I probably would have made. So instead of having customers ring up and we had it all the time where people wouldn't want to tell me that perhaps something had been done wrong or we'd missed a deadline for something. So then the customers would ring me directly and find out what was going on. And of course you create a problem where, you know, you've already let your customer down. And, and so the, the objective for me was to uh, establish a set of rules, a set of parameters within the business that people could work to all the time with no question. Uh, there'd be no consequence as long as they followed them and it ultimately made the right decisions. Sometimes the right decisions that didn't have the correct outcome, but that didn't mean the decision was wrong. So we used to have our five values and the rules within our company were if you made a decision uh, and you you didn't contravene two of them, but you could clearly demonstrate you used three. And as far as I was concerned, that was a reasonable decision to make. And more often than not, you look back at these situations where normally you'd have lost your temper or whatever else because somebody had done something that you wouldn't do, you actually look back and you realise that, that you probably would have done exactly the same thing. Relevant of the experience or knowledge you've got in that particular industry, obviously I had a quite a good IT background, so, you know, but it was still people making decisions. And for me, if people can make the same decisions or very similar decisions to you, then ultimately that's where the business needs to go because that's why one, one man businesses go from being one person to, to, to more than one because they want to grow the business but they suffer along the way because people are different to them and they make different decisions um and and once you've embedded that you obviously you've got a better company culture there's more trust in the team there's more trust in each other there's more trust that the the owner of the business has got their back because that's often a, a problem that i face talking to, to other business owners is there's no there's no trust within within the company so that that for me is absolute foundation um and I can't, you know, that's one of the things that we we realised at Green City that wasn't working very well, and we we started to change that just before we uh, we sold the business. And it was 
it was a much better place to to, to work that one you know during the, the period that wasn't run into everyone's values awesome yeah and and do you still remember what the values were uh, for shield it was honest reliable strong innovative oh got me i should have remembered this one shouldn't i there you go i caught you out <laughs> yeah you did sorry that's um, okay yeah it'll come it'll come to you i was going to ask you a bit more because I, I knew that strong was one of them yeah. and um i find strong an interesting one so are you able to just because I, I think that's really powerful actually um are you, are you able to just elaborate a bit more on why strong was so important as one of your company about uh, values yeah because but when we did the exercise and there's many different ways of doing it it's probably going to sound a bit out there but one of the ways we came to the values was doing an exercise with superheroes and the superhero i picked was um super, superman himself um and he just everything about him to, to me depicts the word strong so he's got strong beliefs he's got strong values he's got strong um he's physically strong you know everything about what he does he does he does it fully he doesn't do it half-assed and to mm. me that's kind of where we got the word strong from because yeah it just embodies what i want wanted people to be that confident in their decisions whenever they were whenever they were making them and just be strong about what it was that they were doing and how they were doing it yeah got you that, got does that answer it that's, yeah it's that. the one that, that most people kind of always ask me about what does this mean and because it's just a, a very different word to what most people have been there's, there's a lot, if you look online, there's a lot of very fluffy values out there that are just sort of plucked from the air and don't really mean much, but... Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and and that's an interesting process, isn't it, of how how we extract the values uh, in, in your business and how how you sort of shape those uh, to, to to ensure that they really do speak about what, what you feel they do. Um, and it's something that I, I find absolutely fascinating. How did you find that process of creating the values was that like a a fun thing to do or was it or was it something that was a bit taxing and really challenged you um no i i enjoyed it because ultimately values should always be very very simplistic words that associate you you live by them you you live by every day so they should come fairly easily the 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 problem is is you normally end up with about 10 or 15 uh, so you've got to whittle them down and you you then procrastinate and and but we just went with it. And whilst there might have been better words out there, mm. it's one of those situations you just have to go with. You just have to go with something and, you know, and see where it works. You, it doesn't have to see culture doesn't have to be standing still. In fact, I would say that the culture has to be ever, ever evolving. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those situations that you, you've got to grow with the business. And the business has got to grow. People have got to grow with it. And, and ultimately as well, the great thing is you can hire and fire people on values because you take people on and they know your values and if they don't like the values and they don't work to the values they'll often leave by themselves anyway not not because you have to fire them but because they just don't fit and if it's that strong within the organization you know if you've got honesty as a value um, and you have somebody that just is constantly dishonest they will have they will not they will not like it even though they don't really understand it's the culture and the values they'll, they'll just find it very difficult to work in that environment definitely definitely so um we've recently gone through the process at, at flagship partners with recruiting the team and and also evolving the values and and our values ourselves and um it was something that i realized that the values i'd created prior to the team starting weren't quite fit for purpose yeah although i still stand by them they were each sort of mini statements themselves yeah. 
So I was having a look, I found them on my computer a minute ago, and um, I'm just going to sort of have a go. So the, the, the first one, the, the flagship partners way, we're passionate and courageous in our pursuit of excellence. So that's really powerful. That, and I really took some time to think about that, but I whittled that down to the word passionate, which is tricky because it's almost overused. And, and this is one of the challenges with values because you often find like a, a power word and, and you sort of think oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because people are sort of overusing that, that word, but does it incorporate, does it instill what, what you are? And um, passionate is something that we are, you know, we're really passionate about business, about safety, about um, everything that we, we deliver for people. So found, found that sort of really powerful. Um, and then also like the honesty one. So honesty was really important to me. Um, so the, the second statement was around, we are fair, open and accountable, no BS. We say what, what we say is what we do. And um, so that was kind of honesty, integrity, but I've, I've gone for accountable because yeah. I think accountable is so important. And, and I know that's part of what you do anyway, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, as your team get bigger as well, if they're always feel that they're going to be accountable, they will, they will make sure that the decision they make is right because they, they're going to be accountable to someone, whether that's you and legislation, <laughs> which is really important or, or just the customer. It, 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 it's really important. And you can still have the words surrounding the value. That's not to say that they're not important, but for someone to really get it and really be able to onboard those those values, they need to be simple for people to learn. Because like you've said, they can't learn five sentences, whereas you can you can help people learn and live by the five the five rules yeah, or definitely. five words. Definitely. And then um, yeah, so we had develop, advance, and evolve our people and our partners, which is progressive. So uh, we went for the term progressive. And and you were talking a bit about that before about evolution and how you how you develop the business, looking for new ways and yeah. better ways, sort of kind of breaking the mold and not really just fitting. Wow, I've got all the cliches today about fitting inside boxes and all sorts yeah. here, Mark. <laughs> Did we discuss pivoting as well then? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about pivoting in a bit. Well, here we go. Right. So fourth one, question accepted norms, flagship partners disrupt, innovate and lead. So I've, I've actually gone, that's kind of, we've really focused on the customer being the center of what we do and we want to be, and that terminology of one-stop shop, you want to be that sort of one-stop shop for that business. Uh, but it's actually, well, the customer is at the heart of that business, at the heart of what we do. Um, so I chose the word customizable. So it means that what we do is the customer's right at the center of what we yep. do. And then we customize what solutions they need because no businesses, like you can't put a business through a sausage factory. It's just not going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then the final one, we focus on the value we create and deliver. Um, and then that's dedicated. So obviously we're dedicated to, to achieving what we do. So there we go. That's a little bit of insight into ours anyway. So, yeah, no, it's good. Cause I know the last time we spoke, we obviously discussed that they were sentences. So it's, um, it's great that you, you, you're whittling it down and it's not, um, yeah, as I said, you know, you can spend a lot of time procrastinating on these things and it's just a case, get them down, get what they mean and then start pushing them through the, uh, or not pushing them. In embedding them in within the business and allowing yeah. people to have the freedom in a controlled environment <laughs> if that's possible yeah 100% and, and the thing was what's really important is I didn't enforce these either I, I actually went to the team and said look these are what we've got at the moment and we need to create this and we, we threw it around via email and some conversations as well you know what was the right what was the right terminology um, passionate to be honest passionate was it for me, I was a little bit, oh, I'm not sure. I prefer courageous. Um, 
but I'll shout it down. So hey, I'll accept that if that's what if that's what my core team want. Yeah, out of all the words you've said, passionate would be definitely one I would align with you. So that to me, that that's already that's got the tick. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, awesome. So let's move on to the second area, which is around yep. processes and systems. Um, obviously, they're they're really important for for, for various things. Not certainly on the journey I'm on, I'm, I'm learning that too. So talk to me a bit about processes and systems, and 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 sort of what what you've done and how you've dealt with that. Yeah, so it's another thing that one of my passions and it's a bit, um, I, I like everything written down and some people do and some people don't. But the reality for me is that when when you've got your values and your culture within the business and then you've got processes and systems where they're done the same each time, you get that consistent delivery of service. Consistently good as well. So because they're refined. And again, I will caveat this with all these things can be refined. I mean, I don't know if it was yours talking to, but we've got uh, we do a webinar, which you've obviously been part of. We've got a 24 step process to make that as good as we can. But even yesterday I was making refinements to it. You know, so it's not a case of you write them down and then that's it done. And and also in, in empowering the team to get the processes done. The ones that they do, um, and, and where it really comes from, just to probably go back slightly, is that when you are a business that's just one person, everything you do is in here. And again, it's the same as your value. So you will deliver everything you do based on your values without thinking about it. So that's why they're really important. And also, they, they, it's done in a systematic way that you do, and your customers are already delighted with that because that's how you do it and who you are. So the idea is to bring that across a, a business. Now, you know, like you were saying, you've got more team members. So the idea is that they should be delivering it to the same value as same consistency as you were. But the problem happens is when you start wagging the finger and telling people they've done it wrong and all the rest of it, that's when you create the distrust. So the idea is to get a process written down for people to follow. And there'll be some people that don't like it as much as others. But the idea is that they will follow it. But but to embed them within that system and to have them make part of it will make them, you know, take it on board even more. And it again, it fits with the value. So all the, all the stuff is fitting in with the value um, piece. So, you know, we wouldn't have, if we had honesty as a, as a value, we wouldn't then just have something within the process that told customer a lie you know it's it's part of that process that you you embed everything within it but the process and systems for me are just as key as the values and help fit in with the culture because as i say when you're growing and even if you've got a team of four or five or 10 or 20 the minute you expand the person in that department that you've already got this new person doesn't know what to do or how to deliver stuff and um, I saw a presentation with a guy called Mark Robb, and he talks about the four stages of, of what's a good team member. And you've got the bad stage. And I can't remember which way around it is. So you've got, uh, if you give them too much freedom and not enough trust, you have anarchy. So everyone's doing how they want, what they want, when they want. If you give them enough processes, but not enough freedom, you have robots which is great. So the, the caveat to this is that's great when they're first, start, they're first starting at the business. So you don't give them any freedom. You just give them process and systems because they want to be able to deliver the job. And then you move them on to engage team members. So if they've got, if, sorry, if they've got the, the freedom and no processes is anarchy. If they've got nothing at all, you, well, you, there's no, you know, they're just, it, it's, not, it's not a great position to be in. So the top two boxes were robots, and then engage team. 
And the idea behind it is you move them from robots into engaged team over time. So really and truly, the robots within the team have got loads of processing systems and they literally sit at the desk day one and they can do the job. So someone could come in tomorrow and run one of our webinars because it's that process, all right, I still run it, but it's, it, it, it's that detailed that, that anyone can deliver it to the same standard that we want to deliver it at today. That doesn't mean we want to, want to make it better tomorrow. It just means it's there. It's, it, it can be done. And, and anyone can do it. Obviously, there's lots of software out there that run projects and things like that. We're using Asana at the minute, but there's loads out there that will do it. But as I say, and even within that 24-step process, there are sub-steps to it. So I think in total, there's probably about 40-odd odd steps. But it's, it's just delivering consistency. We assume as business owners, uh, and everybody does it to a greater or lesser degree, that somebody will just come in and do the job that they're, they, they want them to do. But the reality is most of that information's in here and you've got to get it out and, and processing systems are definitely the way to do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been learning the value of processing and systems. So it's not something that's natural for me. And, and I understand that it's not natural for me. And um, uh, Sarah, bless her, has come on my team. And if you're listening, Sarah, that's fine. But she is really process driven. She's fantastic. And um, I think she put, tears her hair out at me because she's like, well, what happens next? And I'm like, everything's just in my head. You know, everything has just been in my head. Yeah. And uh, to get that process sort of mapped out is really powerful. And a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, aren't really in the process and systems mindset, are they? No, um, they're magpies. They're on to the next thing. They see the yeah. But, but once you're into it and you force yourself in and you start getting the post-it notes, so this is my suggestion. If if you're thinking about process or, or process something and it's not natural, one of the ways I've found is I get a post-it note. Right, I'll do that. Bosh. Post it. That's it. What do I do next? Post it. And then with the beauty with the post-its is that someone else can go, well, I do it that way around and that'd be better. And you can start to shuffle the order and take stuff out if it doesn't add value. That's the way I found to do it anyway. And I was doing that with um, uh, my new BDM when she started Shani. So, yeah. Yeah, that came up last uh, last month, didn't it? And that was, that's something that I've always done. And, and, the, and the best one as well is if, obviously when everyone's back in their offices and it's a lot easier because you go into a space where everyone's got access to and you can map it out and people can go but you put them on the wall so that they're actually physical uh, uh, visi visi visible as well as physical and then and then you can have a rundown and then what you do is just leave it you just go away from it and mull it over and then a week later you go oh hang on a minute we've got this or three days later and then you put a time scale and say we're going to write it down because again the procrastination comes in is it perfect well don't get it perfect just get it written and, and then you can perfect it afterwards. And it, yeah. and I'll go on to this afterwards about targeting goals or one of my sections, KPIs and targets and goals, is that I used to, to used to ask target people to at least uh, update at least X number of uh, processes per month because then that's perfecting it. And that's the perfectionist in me wants to always be better. So therefore, that's the bit that you do. Amazing. Rather than yeah. trying to get it perfect first before you start it, there's no point. Yeah. I, I love it um the because we were talking about post-it notes weren't we a month a few weeks ago right yeah and um it, it makes me smile and there's a couple of things that have made me smile and one of them is i used to work for volvo trucks and we used to have what's called vps a volvo production system which is a bit like kaizen right and we'd go away on a couple of week training or a couple of day training program and then there'd be like future development as well and you sort of progress down this process way i suppose or way of working and um, one of the key factors of it was value stream mapping 
and value stream mapping would be post-it notes <laughs> and you would post it note all the different stages and then and then you you start taking them out so yeah it's sort of old school but it's, it's just simple the problem is we put far too much pressure on ourselves to have the latest new fangled ways when some systems some processes just still work it's you know for me it's it's why why make something different it doesn't mean it's better um and as i say it, it's so easy to be able to just put it, peel them off. i mean we did it once at, last year at one of the mastermind groups where we actually had everybody and do you know something even as simple as obviously when again when people are back in the office what's the welcoming procedure this is one that that everyone loves to get involved in because everyone wants to be friendly um, and it's a really simple one so if you've got an office where people come into do not want to deliver the same constant level of welcome to to somebody when they come in the door you know you can process everything and it may sound sound overkill but if everybody's doing it the same and everyone's doing it brilliantly you know you're on to a winner because you know what we used to have people that we had it people you know <laughs> they just wanted to have a hood up sat in a dark room and not not speak to anybody human at all you know and to get them to welcome somebody in was 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 often sometimes difficult but if you laid it out for them and they understood why it made it simple and obviously they didn't have to read it every time they got used to doing it but if you've got somebody and you want them to you know answer in the phone the same way you know the last thing you want is to, to pick for a customer to pick up the phone and go, hello Oh, is that is that flagship or who who have I rang? You know, you want you want to know who you've rang when you first, you know. So it it's, it really is kind of that that level. And we had everyone doing the, an exercise on welcoming. And it's amazing when you turn it around and say, how do you want to be welcomed into an office? Do you want to be greeted with a grunt? Do you want to know where you are? Do you want you know and all that kind of stuff? So it's it's all about getting them in place and then perfecting, and making them brilliant and 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 making them better than what they are. And the team will do that and they'll 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 take them on far more than if they're told do this do that and do the other mm, mm, definitely and so much so that i've kpi'd my team as well so we, we're yeah green green for two improved processes a week so we have our weekly team meeting and super greens three so we aim we aim for super, super green. green not just yeah. one color of green yeah yeah so we do we do red amber green and super green lovely which is overperforming Love that. That's a little bit of a cultural thing about progression, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, right then. So the third area, Mark, is around growing sales. So yeah. talk to me, dispel some myths. I've always, I've always, so I learned this one early on, uh, and I know you and I have had a conversation about it. Um, and one of the things that we always do as business owners is chase new sales. And we spend a lot of time and a lot of money on new sales. Now, I'm not saying that businesses won't grow that way. Of course they will. But there's a lot harder work and a lot more money to get them, especially if you have a product set or um, service set of more than one product or service. What I mean by that is you'll have, so in the, in the IT industry, we had monthly IT support, servers, PCs, backup, antivirus, um, disaster recovery, let's argument for those five. And the thing to do is not every customer will be buying all of those products from us. And the reality is the biggest question is why the hell aren't they? They already buy one, two, three things off you. So they know, like, and trust you. They get your message and they like what you do. So why, why are they not buying more? So windows of opportunity, a woo sheet. I think it's been, there's various different names for it. Um, but basically what, what we, we did an exercise and we continue to update the, the uh, sheet, the windows of opportunities, you list all of your customers and all of your products and services across the uh, top. 
and then you put a mark against them if they already bought it from you. Um, and then you've got uh, a couple of different way ways to go. And then, then there's the extended way. So that then you can go down, you can have a look at what your lease selling product is. And you can then assess whether it's right for you, whether you should be selling it, all the other bits and pieces. If it is right, is it the wrong price? You know, all those kind of things that you would evaluate the service if there's a common theme. If there's not a common theme, you just know that you're only sold it to 50% of customers, 60%, whatever it is. So you know you can start your marketing on that particular product or those products that aren't selling as much as the others. The other option is, is you can go across the customer base and then start calling the customers who are already buying some things off you and say, are you aware? Because as you know, in most cases, um, people go, oh, I didn't know you did that. That when The minute you hear that, <laughs> that's really powerful that you've not, your message isn't quite right and i would i would argue that all businesses have it so it's not a not a criticism of, a, of of anybody it's just a case of no one really knows what you do and to a degree they don't care what you do as long as you carry on doing the things they bought off you right um but there is an opportunity there to sell more but if you've got even more time and this is the bit i would would urge to do is to actually then any box that hasn't got a crossing where you haven't already sold it before you start contacting anybody before you start spending money on your marketing or whatever it is you're going to do to, to target these people is to go through and have a look how much revenue and if you can profit in each box so you enter the number of the percentage of the profit sorry the pound notes of the profit that you can get by selling it to that customer so if we sell widgets to you, Pete, and I've got you down there, but you don't buy widget B, and you you might we guess that you might buy 500 because we've heard you buy 500 from elsewhere, and they cost us a pound, and we sell them for two pounds. The simple mass is it's 500 pounds worth of profit on that particular product. So that's what goes in in each box. So for each product, service, and each customer, you've got an amount, and again you can cross it, cross reference it. So again, you'll actually, you might find that somebody is buying product B, sorry, not enough people are buying product B, but actually product D is going to give you more revenue at the end or more profit at the end. So it gives you places to target. The idea behind it is you can either then target a customer or a top 10 customers where you're going to make your most money. So in order to make 10 phone calls and to make 10 sales, it's going to be far quicker than it is to ring 100 people. So you can start on that, that part. Or you can, again, you can go to the products that aren't selling as well if they're, if they're worth more profit than the others. If you've got a product, we used to have a, a spam filter, you know, it was worth probably 50 pence per, per person that worked at a company. So the smaller the company, the, the, the less money it was worth. Whilst it's worth telling your customers, it's not where you start the process. You start the process where you're going to make the most money. Um, and it is quite amazing just how much more you can sell because it's an easier sell you know who's going to buy it. They already like you. They like your products. There's, there's not much of a reason. They might be tied into a contract elsewhere, but ultimately that's where they can go next. 100%. That 100%. Make, that, make, that cover it. Because I know we've had the conversation. It's easier to visualize it, obviously, when you, if you've got Excel in front of you or something, but um, that's the short version. So windows of opportunity. Yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful tool and it's something that, that we look at in the business and look at what's applicable to, to certain clients and how we can help them. Um, and and obviously, it's uh, it means that you can offer, and ultimately, it means you're, it's service as sales as well, isn't it? So it's like, I can actually offer you a better experience than what yeah. you're getting currently by adding these services for you. 
um, and and customizing, you know, and, and sort of customizing that offer to support people as well. I think it's it's really powerful, and business owners out there, it's certainly something to to consider because marketing so expensive, isn't it? And new sales and converting new sales is so expensive. And you know, it's all well and good that you fill in the bucket, but what happens if it's leaking at the other end anyway? You know, and it's just this perpetual motion of trying to find new sales, isn't it? Yeah, and also it's a touch point with existing customers. You know, we, we, we spend a lot of time, so much time working on new customers that we forget our existing ones. And they're the ones that are paying the bills. They're the ones that, that, that want to work with us already. Not, you know, spending six times chasing somebody who's just, what was the phrase, a tire kicker, you know, that just wants to know what's going on. I mean, you, you know, we, we've had the conversation as well. You know, you bring somebody up and they go, oh, I didn't know you did that, but I'd love it all to be in one thing. You know, everyone's for the one bill, aren't they? You know, at home, they want Sky, broadband, football, TV, you know, all the, all the rest of the stuff on one, on one bill. So it's... Um... One, one, one throat to choke and all that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, and no, here I am. Right. Here I am for anyone that wants a throat to choke. I'm the one, all right? <laughs> <laughs> cool so um marketing literature that sells mark um tell me tell me about the eye test yep so that's the, spec savers yeah no so it's the letter i um and not the i um it was a phrase i heard recently it, it's it's a, a, a process i've always tried to adhere to but i heard it called the eye test um if you go on to linkedin now or go on to your, go into your emails and have a look at all the literature that you get from other people all it talks about is themselves what they can do how they've done it and all the rest of it uh, the reality is is we don't buy on that we just don't we don't care i, I don't care how many years you've been in business pete do i really if, if i think you can do the job that's great and that's where the the building of the relationship comes not how long you've been in in the business and how long you're experiencing all the rest of it it's not about that because we buy the people yes reputation is important but the reality is is what i want to see from a website an email uh, how you're going to solve my problem so the the eye test was very simply 90 if you go through your your text you need to change 90 percent of the eyes to you your words words that relate to the customer you or your um i we us all of those 90 percent of them need to be changed to you your because all the people all the potential customers and customers are interested in what you're going to do for them the pain you're going to solve and that is another another part of the the you know the thing for me marketing literature that sells is the pain always got to be written as a potential customer not as who you are and what you do and you know it, it's just it's prevalent you look at any website or most websites have got it and it needs it people the first thing people are going to get turned off from is that, or, or to ultimately the first thing they're going to get engaged by is to feel it's personal to them. Um, I, I struggle with this a little bit and I'll give you an example. This, this conversation now I'm looking at you, but you don't realize I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you now because I'm looking at my camera and that's where the focus is going to come. And I keep catching myself looking away, looking at you because I'm having a conversation with you because it's the right thing to do. But now when I look at the camera, you feel I'm looking at you and you feel more engaged because of that conversation. Whereas when I'm looking here and I'm making it a bit more obvious, turning my seat and everything, that's where you are for me, but that's not where I am for you. And it, it, so it's all about what you can offer the customer solving the pain. The pain is the computer doesn't work. The pain is 
first aid training we've had was, was is out of date and we've got a big audit coming up and we need you know so it's and if we flagship we can act quickly and you know all the rest of it but it's not the we it's it's got to be about the pain that you're solving for people and that's what people want to buy um the the best example i can give and i do get a bit of a soapbox about this and i apologize now but it's testimonials testimonials will say i worked with pete he delivered um, our health and safety training or our first aid training. Maggie was great. She did this. You know, Pete's conversations before made us all that stuff. It, of course, of course, you're going to write that, of course. But it doesn't tell the next perspective customer who knows exactly what you're going through in order to buy that product. And that's where the sales process happens. It's the people's pay. Why did you why did you go with them? What what? You, you know, because you're Pete, you're not going to put up on your website, Pete was shit. Who's going to put that? So, of course, people put testimonials up. They will do because it says how lovely you are and it makes us feel good. And that's why we like to put them up. But they're not going to they're not going to turn into sales because that's a conversation you have with someone down the pub. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. OK, but is he going to achieve what I need him to achieve? And that and that's the and, and see from a testimonial, don't get the option to ask questions. So when you do things like testimonials or any literature, you dig deeper. And a great question I got asked once was which meant what? And if you ask that question, when someone's talking to you, it was it was great first aid training, which meant what? Well, the, uh, all of our team are now fully sufficient in it, which meant what? Well, we're now, we're now comfortable that if anything happens in our organization, we've got people there to be able to respond, which meant what? And you just keep digging and all of a sudden you'll get that nugget of what their pain actually was. And that's the stuff to use. And you can interview like you do here. You can interview people to get that information out of them. There's no harm in writing. Everybody writes their own testimonials, but it has to be based on what that person felt because we buy on that and we look at, we, we compare, we compare what other people have gotten from that company, not the level of service, because that goes without saying, in my view. But I really, really do get frustrated when I see testimonials on, on LinkedIn, because you're not going to put it up. You're not going to, you're not going to put anything else up. It's obvious. But when was, so that my question to anybody is when was the last time you bought something based on a testimonial you saw on a website on a, you know, even if you know the person, because you know, with testimonials, you're in a, a one of the largest networking organizations in the world. The, the conversation doesn't happen. Should I use yet Pete? Yes, he's good. The conversation might start like that, but the reality is, is people subconsciously will be digging. Well, how did he do it? Well, you know, Pete's passionate about it. Pete, you know, and, and, and all your other things, your values will start to come into the conversation. And it's about what they're going to get. And it's a conversation that people have. It's not just Pete's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, I love it. Let's banish, banish bullshit testimonials. <laughs> Well, but the thing is, is they make the person who's receiving them feel warm and fluffy and great. And I, I, I have no issue with that, but they're not going to sell. Yeah, yeah. I that still love, I love, yeah, please don't stop giving five-star reviews because I love it. <laughs> no. And Google Google ranking loves it as well, to be fair. Yes, absolutely. And there is, and as I say, there is a place for all of this stuff. Mm. There is a place for all this stuff that, that you know, the five-star reviews on Google does help and all the rest of it. But the, the written written content needs to be on what on what why they bought because that's that's the beauty because we're all searching for that sales message of why people are buying from us mm. and and that's and that's where the the 
golden nuggets happen. That's yeah. where the, the real stuff oh, happens. I, I love it. So so your um, your questions, what meant, which meant what, which uh, is always worth asking yourself. Um, there was a guy I used to work with, German guy, who used to say, so what? Yes. So what? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever you say something, German, so what? Less words. Yes, less words. It's more efficient German, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and a little bit of accent as well always goes a long way too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. So the fifth area yes. um, is around knowing your numbers, KPIs, yeah. targets and goals. Yeah, so we touched a little bit on it. And obviously, like you've said, you've got them in. Knowing your numbers is going to be key to driving the success to the business and also the direction. So again, part of the numbers that you need to know are things like your woo sheet as well. Um, that's what you know there's relevant numbers within your business um and you know everyone uses that phrase uh, turnover is uh, vanity profit is sanity um so that's not new to anyone but it's really key to understanding so we never used to manage our uh, sorry measure our turnover or our profit but if you've got specific numbers kpis within your business that you truly believe will help you grow the business so for example it support business often commonly known for not being able to deliver great customer service because again you've got the people who just want to fix pcs and they get dive into something and forget that somebody whilst they're fixing a computer somebody else can't the person who's there can't work because the computer's being worked on so you know you, you get all that so the important things are to work out what is going to make your business grow and have five three or five to start with key performance indicators they're not profit they're not turnover in most cases of your business we had customer service levels we had uh, I can't remember what the wording was, but uh, fixed first time. So how many problems came back? Um, we had uh, one of them was uh, around the um, knowledge of the team. So learning, uh, learning time. So basically what you do is you come up with these these areas. And I have done this with a, a golf course KPIs. It's called one 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 page plan, and, it, and it, it, there's a there's a method of how you get to it. And a one page business plan are brilliant because you have a one page business plan or business one page plan, which is a bop, and then you have personal one page plans, which is pop. So you get a variant of that for each individual person. So again, targeting them and setting them goals and knowing those numbers that equate to the the whole business. So for example, we had. Uh, the customer service numbers was was important for us because we used to get people to rate us on customer service. And in order to you, then you come up with ways in which you can target your team, whatever area of the business they're in, to make sure that number achieves what you want it to achieve. So one of the ways was I used to target the, the technicians with resolved first time because one of the biggest frustrations we found after talking to our customers, and again, your numbers can come from talking to your customers, um, was that they would have to ring up and report a fault for a second time. So we educated them to make sure that they reopened the case and not just started a new one. Or if, if they had to open up a new one, that they, they we then linked the tickets so that we knew it was a reopen. We used to measure that. So that's just one, uh, one part of it. So each team member had five targets every month and they, and, and they had to hit them. Again, one of them for them was the uh, knowledge base, updating the knowledge yeah. base. So they had to keep... They had to update, I can't remember the actual numbers, obviously it was a long time ago now, but they had to update information on customers. We had lots of information on the businesses and what would happen is you'd get a call, it would come in, you'd fix a fault and there'd be a slight nuance that you had to change something to. It'd get forgotten. So next time the ticket came in of something similar, somebody had to run through the whole system again to try and find out why it was doing such a thing and 
you know, all the rest of it. So the idea was to have nuances and information about the customer within it, within the, the database that told us what the customer was doing. And if you've got that and you are encouraging people to update it, and again, this goes back to the culture, is instead of rushing through and getting tickets solved, they were taking their time to make sure that they had everything else because that was part of what made us different or made us better was that we kept the information. So at that, at learning time, so things they were developing their skills because the better they were, the more things they knew about, the more things that we could obviously go on and sell and quicker we could fix stuff. So it, again, the key performance indicators are the top things that are going to make the business better and stand out. And then you just make other people's targets relate to those. So knowing the numbers and measuring those monthly is massively important. Now, again, it sounds like a massive task for the business owner. Um, luckily, I had a, a Claire who was very good at it. Um, and was able to put it all together and and all I my only involvement was to have the numbers uh, some of the accounts figures the the over, one of the things we, we we did target for the business and I shared with all the team was um, overdue money so any money that was past the 28 days uh, so that they could quiz me on it uh, and they had full access to all of that um, I think as a business we also had upsell so again our IT team were targeted now the thing you have to be very careful with is how you approach that because what you don't want is every customer ringing up and be told on the end of the phone you need a new computer because they had certain targets they 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 still had to live by the values and, and everything else so again you integrate the values cultures processes systems into knowing your numbers but it just makes the whole business if you've got one page and you're you're measuring it every month. It just makes it so much more simple and provides honesty to the team so they know where they are. Yeah, definitely. Transparency. Very is difficult really at the, in these times. Yeah, definitely. Transparency is really important, and that yeah. um, that that that's massively massively uh, certainly a part of what we're doing and doing it quite, uh, weekly. And interestingly, one of one of ours is also around uh, overdue debt as well because it's so important from a cash flow point of view too. Absolutely massively massively vital to ensure that we can meet rate wage requirements and, and grow too so okay uh, a half dozen thing then so the final thing mark talk to me about coaching and mentoring um well i put this in and i was i was i'm in an hour and i was to whether to put it in because it's a bit like a a, a self-promotion that genuinely isn't so one of the things that you've you obviously you said before is accountability and one of the things that i found when I started growing a businesses. I was just an IT technician. I wasn't a business owner or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, you need people around you. Um, you need the coach and the mentor, at the very least an accountability buddy. I read somebody, read somewhere on LinkedIn this week or last week. Um, and they've basically got together with another business owner, somebody they know and trust. Um, and they're, they're, they've got an accountability partner. So basically they're setting certain things that they need to get done and they're holding each other accountable. One of the things that you cannot have too much of is information and uh, systems. Um, and to be able to share that, obviously with a whole host of honest and uh, vulnerable and trustworthy people within the industry or within your uh, peer network, whatever it is, is massively important. And it's what grew my business um, and, and ultimately, you know, got me to where I am today the things you learn it, the trouble is you learn stuff you know it's like you go on courses and the, the, there's a there's a chart isn't there of, of how much you forget the next day but the important stuff will stay with you if you're if you're having someone that's holding you accountable so when I put coaching and mentoring the, the reason I and again I put why is it, why it's important is is purely because you need some accountability and help with growth because we can't do everything and when you when even if you've got I mean I had at Green City, there was what four four co-directors. 
you still felt lonely <laughs> because you have to do you, you you often do things your own way so you still feel lonely in that way so running a business is probably the loneliest thing you can you can do um and if you have other people around you that you can bounce stuff off get clarity get a bit of sanity on something then and that that to me is really important and when you go to events and you learn something new it's about putting it into practice because far too often we go i'm going to do this 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 and this and as you know you know i encourage people to take small action what's the first step so if you know if someone comes to me and says i want to i want to grow my turnover by 150,000 this year okay what you have to do is drill down on the what's the next step because that's a massive goal that again provides overwhelm and then you just break it down and and, and coaching and stuff like that will will do it this you know, there's lots around Peterborough, um, very good ones. Um, and, you know, it, it to me is what changed me and my business and the way I why I go for things. But, you know, all, all the things that I've talked about today aren't new. They're not they're not me. They're things that I've got from other people and maybe adapted a few and changed a few and put my spin on it. Um, but nothing's new, but it's about taking those steps. And, you know, I didn't I didn't turn my business from two to six to 45 with just doing one you know it's a process of doing them all but had i chosen to do all of those so the half dozen things we've talked about today if i choose to do all those I, i'm going to get i'm going to get overwhelmed and i'm going to do none but coaching and mentoring should slow you down i saw something on linkedin that i i probably would mention within coaching is i'm really proud of my uh, my customers who came on our event they've done exactly what i told them to do you know, to me, that's just coaching. That's not what coaching means. It's for me, again, we've had the conversation, managers, do you want to be a manager or do you want to be, a, yeah, do you want to be a manager or a leader? And that's what coaches are. They lead people. They, 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 they should dig into what the problems are. Mm. You can't have a one-fit-all scenario for all businesses. Of course, there's stuff that will work, but they need to understand. And again, another thing that came up for me this, this week, last week, was when was the last time you gave your customers a good listening to? Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Yeah, I, I did as well. Because we just spend too much time going, this is what you need. This is what you got. This is what, It's just, yeah. And especially in the coaching and mentoring scenario, for, for someone to have said they've done what I told them, I was horrified. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, crazy. Um, I think, um, I think the thing, the thing that, I, I have both coaching and mentoring and um, what I find is that I think it's good to focus on your strengths and it's good to tackle your weaknesses and the challenge is and some people will have op- be optimistic so I'm quite an optimistic person everything is always going to be easier than I expect it to be it's it, or you know I expect it to be easy and it's not it's tough and I think the other thing is there's a tendency one of the things that I've really learned before I fully embraced my development and investing in myself was that I would overdevelop the things I enjoyed doing through fear of doing the things that I wasn't very good at or didn't know how to do. And, and I think that having an accountability to do the things that you don't enjoy doing and to force you to do the things that need to be done or another set of eyes or a fresh pair of eyes that will tell you the things that need to be done and maybe what's missing, what, where the holes are uh, and then to hold you accountable to them because you will find a way of trying to avoid doing them as well. Yeah. Is that a sort of fair, a fair yeah. summary? I think probably it is. It is. And, and, and as you know, we don't, we don't provide a solution to a problem. And that's why the phrase, when was the last time you give your customer a good listening to really hits home for me because we don't provide solutions to a problem. 
what I've just done is provide many solutions to many problems. And one of the things I talk about within our within our groups is that uh, you know <laughs> it's a real life it's a real life thing now. I've hurt myself whilst running. So if I ring you up and say to you, I, I, I twisted my foot earlier on while I was running. What should I do? You'll go, oh, put your foot up and put some ice on it. Well, when was the last time you did medical training? When was the last time? What? Sorry. You did medical training. <laughs> in that regard probably you're slightly different because you do it but you, yeah. you know, that's why i was a bit like oh yeah, sorry yeah, yeah sorry but that was a bad analogy but you know what i mean so everybody wants to offer advice you yeah. know you, if i say that in a group of 30 people every single one of them will provide me a solution before they ask me any more questions it might not be important but what foot is it how did you do it? Did you twist while you're running? Whereabouts on your foot is it? You know, those are, some of them are fundamental, but nobody does it. They just provide a solution. Whilst putting ice on it might help. What I should have done, <laughs> as I said, it's a real life thing is got myself an x-ray. <laughs> 100%. Is that a true story as well? Uh, right now, yes. I've, I've, I'm waiting on a yeah, stress fracture. The, the walking centre thing, I've got a stress fracture in my foot. So. <laughs> oh dear yeah oh dear. no more no more 11 mile runs for you and i mark and, no. and me needing the toilet halfway around <laughs> <laughs> there's a little insight to my sunday mornings people yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> that doesn't need to be repeated i just did never yeah. mind <laughs> mark thank you so much for joining me no, and sharing your you half know. dozen things um hopefully people have got loads of value out of that and uh, it's been absolutely fascinating to hear, hear your stories as well mark so um how do people find you uh get in touch with you find out what you do that sort of thing um, um yeah so li- linkedin or, or just uh, drop me an email mark.swindow at greenstones.co.uk uh, the best the best thing for me would be that somebody's listened to it and they just do one thing as i said you know there's six things there that i wouldn't suggest anyone takes on today if there's just one thing, just take one bit of action and work out where you're going to start. So make, don't make the big hairy ass goal of, you know, growing your sales. Just start with how you can, it just even the process of who's going to do a woo sheet in your company, so, you know, just something to get you started and not worry about the end goal, but just start with that because they, it will snowboard and you'll, you'll find there's less overwhelm. Break it all down. But as, yes, email me. You've got my details if anybody does want to contact me. Um, more than happy to speak to anybody appreciate it Mark thank you very much and thank you everyone for listening I hope that you've got loads of value from today's session and uh, yeah do get in touch do leave us a review tell us uh, what's changed for you what was the question again (laughs) well it was just the the, the pain that you you could solve by doing it really that's it exactly right so yeah leave us a review don't just say it was great or it's amazing say what's changed how wonderful it is (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah hope you've enjoyed it share it with your friends subscribe and hopefully catch you next time catch you soon bye bye I really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.